Hi, and welcome to Figure of Speech, a program from WRBH, where every week you can meet local poets and writers from the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. Today, we'll be welcoming back poet Carmen Wong. Carmen is a Guyanese-born poet, playwright, and MFA student at the University of New Orleans. Often incorporating Caribbean dialect, her writing binds the essence of oral and literary traditions. As a youth, she first competed in poetry slams and readings at Lincoln Center, the New Yorican Poets Cafe, Scholastic Auditorium, and later for companies like the Shakespeare Theatre Company. Her playwriting stage debut occurred in 2018, where she was featured in the Women's Voices Theatre Festival. Her poem, Broken English, was recently published by Antenna Press, and Carmen is the current associate poetry editor at Bayou Magazine. And I'll let her take it from here. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. I'll start by introducing Camus Brathway, a proud Caribbean poet and scholar from Barbados. He writes in his book entitled The Arrivant, a poem called Negus, spelled N-E-G-U-S. It, 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 it is not it, it. It, it is not, it is not, it is not enough. It is not enough to be free of the red, white, and blue of the drag of the dragon. It is not, it is not, it is not enough. It is not enough to be free of the whips, principalities, and powers. Where is your kingdom of the word? It, 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 it is not, it, it it, it is not, it is not, it is not, it is not enough. It is not enough to be free of the malarial fevers, fear of the hurricane, fear of invasions, crops, droughts, fires, blisters upon the cane. It is not enough to twinkle to work on a bicycle bell when hell crackles and burns in the 14-inch screen of the Jap, of the Jap, of the Japanese-constructed United Fruit Company imported hard cell, telltale television set, rhinocery-knobbed, cancerously tubed. It is not, it is not, it is not enough to be able to fly to Miami, structured skyscrapers, Excavate the moon-scraped seashore sands to build hotels, casinos, sceptures. It is not, it is not, it is not enough. It is not enough to be free, to be bulldozed god squatters from their tunes, from their relics, from their tombs of drums. It is not enough to pray to Barclays bankers on the telephone, to Jesus Christ by shortwave radio, to the United States Marine by rattling your hip bones, I must be given words to shape my name to the syllables of trees, must be given words to refashion futures like a healer's hand, I must be given words so that the bees in my blood's buzzing brain of memory will make flowers, will make flocks of birds, will make sky, will make Heaven, the heaven open to the thunderstone and the volcano and the unfolding land. It is not, it is not, it is not enough to be pause, to be whole, to be void, to be silent, to be semicolon, to be semicolony. 
Fling me the stone that will confound the void. Find me the rage and I will raise the colony. Fill me with words and I will blind your God. At, at, ataban, ataban, legba, ataban, legba, umfui, baye, pumoy, umfui, baye, pumoy. Ntozaki Shange is a Black American poet and playwright, known particularly for her technique of the choreo poem. She is now among the ancestors, but while here, she wrote the poem with no immediate cause. I want to provide trigger warnings before, um, because she wrote about the brutal experiences that women Black women face, and it's often, for me, a difficult poem to sometimes get through. Every three minutes a woman is beaten. Every five minutes a woman is raped. Every ten minutes a little girl is molested, yet I rode the subway today. I sat next to an old man who may have beaten his old wife three minutes ago or three days. Thirty years ago, he might have sodomized his daughter, but I sat there because the men on the train might beat some young woman later in the day or tomorrow. I might not shut my door fast enough, push hard enough. Every three minutes it happens, some woman's innocence rushes to her cheeks, pours from her mouth like the Betsy Wetsy dolls have been torn apart. Their mouths, menses red, split. Every three minutes a shoulder is jammed through plaster and the oven door. Chairs push through the ribcage. Hot water or boiling sperm decorate her body. I rode the subway today and bought a paper from an East Indian man who might have held his old lady onto a hot pressing iron. I didn't know maybe he catches little girls in the parks and rips open their behinds with steel rods. I cannot decide what he might have done. I only know every three minutes, every five Minutes Every 10 minutes, I bought the paper looking for the announcement. There has to be an announcement of the woman's bodies found yesterday. The missing little girl. I sat in a restaurant with my paper looking for the announcement. A young man served me coffee. I wondered, did he pour the boiling coffee on the woman because she is stupid? Did he put the infant girl in the coffee pot because she cried too much? What exactly did he do with the coffee? I looked for the announcement, the discovery of the dismembered woman's body. Victims have not all been identified today. They are naked and dead. Some refused to testify. One girl out of tens not coherent. I took the coffee and spit it up. I found an announcement. Not the woman's bloated body in the river floating. Not the child bleeding in the 59th Street corridor. Not the baby broken on the floor. There is some concern that alleged battered women might start to murder their husbands and lovers with no immediate cause. 
I spit up, I vomit, I am screaming. We all have immediate cause. Every three minutes, every five minutes, every 10 minutes, every day, women's bodies are found in alleys and bedrooms at the top of the stairs before I ride the subway, buy a paper or drink coffee from your hands. I must know, have you hurt a woman today? Did you beat a woman today? Throw a child across a room. Are the little girl's pants in your pocket? Did you hurt a woman today? I have to ask these obscene questions. I must know, you see. The authorities require us to establish immediate cause. Every three minutes, every five minutes, every ten minutes, every day. Toy Derricotte is an African-American poet and regarded activist. Her newest collection, I, is also a finalist in the 2019 National Book Awards. This poem comes from the book, I, and is entitled Bookstore. I ask the clerk to show me children's books. I say... I'm buying something for my nephew. Good night, Moon. Are there others you can recommend? She pulls down six or seven, and I stop her. Any written by or for black folks? She looks as if she doesn't understand. Maybe she has never heard the words black folks before. Maybe she thinks I'm white and mean it as a put-down since... I'm white-looking, I better make it clear. It's for my brother's son. Black folks? Black people, you know, like me. As quickly as she can, she pulls books from the lower shelves and loads my arms until the books are falling on the floor. She wants me to know she's helpful, that her store has so many to choose from. I couldn't load them in a van. Thank you, thank you, that's plenty. For a moment, history shifts its burdens to her shoulders, and the names of the missing are clear. Those are three poets from an older generation, respectfully, who informs my writing through their styles, their sounds and imagery, and especially their intensity and calls to action. While I'm always studying writers before me, I'm also drawn to learning from my contemporaries and contemporary poets, some of which are of my own friend groups um, who are published authors and writers like Trace the Past and Angel C. Die and Emerging playwrights like Shawana Gaffney. They're really brilliant artists, and I encourage everyone to check them out. I would like to share some of my own poetry now, and I have to add that a lot of my poems are pretty much untitled until I'm forced to title them. I've been playing around with monologues and the drama in poetry. Someone mentioned the idea of 
total poetry as a reference to total theater. And I think that's a pretty fair way of thinking about my craft and the writing that I do. I want to consider how we transcribe poetry that negotiates with improv and impromptu on audience participation. So I ask that you may take into consideration that there are blank spaces in the writing and places to fill in and just be yourself and think about how that might in any way change your experience of hearing poetry. This is called Sex Talk. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. This is what it sounds like talking about sex to Caribbean parents who, if they could, would mark all the dates of your virginity down on one of those womanly menstrual calendars, check it off day by day, and tell God how to manage their children's body correctly. They tell you that's another conversation for another day, and that day never approaches, and God forbid you get curiously pregnant. See, it's kind of easier to talk about abortions than it is to talk about having sex. Sex, sex, children, sex. Sex is for having children. It's for when you're grown, grown, grown enough. If you love yourself more, you will wait that grown. Sex is for wannabe parents, and that must be true. If you want to talk about it, you must want to be a parent. They don't even like to use the word sex around you, so talking about it is like you're telling them you're interested, is like... They're assuming you're active. It's like a conversation they never had, so they're afraid of having it too. It's like those free condoms on the way out of the clinic no one takes because they're worried what someone else will think if they knew, but they knew. They really, really needed it. My poems that I'm sharing today are fairly new and, uh, you know, new in the sense that they're always being revised and always being reconstructed in my head. But I I have to also admit that even after poems are published, I, I might still go back and revise it. And really, that's because I I enjoy writing it, but I also enjoy the act of thinking about the ways that I write poetry, that we write poetry, and what that process feels like. So the second poem begins. Sometimes I wonder if my poetry will save me from the world, if my poetry would save this world, if my poetry would save me from saving the world, if it would save anybody in the goddamn world, I don't know this answer, but if I keep asking the same questions in a different way, I might produce a better response. I might 
produce a response better. If I keep asking different ways of the same questions, I might like what I hear when I write poetry. I don't know if it will stop a careless bullet from caressing a black man's back or hold a black mama in the arms tightly. I don't know if it will cause burning in the streets, fist up, rising up, rising. Ain't nobody marching. Poetry is my stomping ground. When I write, I'm trying to keep the pace. Ain't no keeping peace. Poetry. I wonder if I could really save the world. Poetry. That's driving me crazy. Poetry. You the only thing that really know me. I might like what I hear if you said it first. When I write poetry, I think I want to be saved. And for my third poem... This is called G is for Guyana and the things I would do to speak like mom again. In school, they taught me the A sound, not ah, uh, vowels, consonants. They are all tricky tools used to dismember a tongue from a familiar body and leave it searching for ways to call for home. What wouldn't I do to speak like mom again, to sound like I belong to somewhere that wants me? She taught herself dialect. I think that is skillful. The classroom is where white people exhibit the most jealousy. For example, if you are not careful, your accent will be stolen and traded for merit. In school, they taught me the bargaining of grades could mean genocide. Thank you for listening to my poetry and listening to me read poetry. And thank you to WRBH Reading Radio for inviting me back into this space. That was New Orleans-based poet Carmen Wong. And that's our show. You've been listening to Figure of Speech, a community poetry and writing program from WRBH. Tune in every Saturday at 1 p.m. and on Mondays at 9 p.m. for more great New Orleans writing. Thank you for listening.